Have you ever heard this expression before? Afflicted with wealth. You ever heard that? Your hand, please. Nobody? Yeah, one day over there? Yes, maybe they are afflicted with uh, wealth. Maybe you are afflicted with wealth and you don't know it. Seriously, maybe you are. Um, I know that probably some of you, or maybe all of you, all of us, who knows, maybe want to be afflicted with wealth. Um, so, who is a person who is afflicted with wealth? A person who is afflicted with wealth, not health, but wealth, is someone who has so much, so many possessions, that she or he doesn't know what to do with it. I can help him. Or her. The person tries to handle it, to handle it, to work with that until it becomes an overwhelming burden. That's why a person who has too much and doesn't know what to do with it probably will become overwhelmed or afflicted with wealth. Today, uh, let's read about somebody who probably was afflicted with wealth, and he, did know, he didn't know that. So let's read the scripture, please. Would you like to read with me? That's in English, by the way. So let's read it together. Okay. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived every day as his gate was laid covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. He in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us and you, a great has been set in place, so those who want to go from here to you cannot, or, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them 
so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they'll repent. And actually, I think we probably are missing one text there. Um, they will repent. Well, what are the verses? Okay, 19 to 31st. And then the last verse says, He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Can we do a, um, well, it's not a game, but it's basically a Q&A conversation today. Can we do that? Do you want me to preach then? <laughs> yeah, let's do Q&A. So the first question that I have for all of us is, where are these two folks from? Where are they from? Are they Americans? Are they Venezuelans? Are they Peruvians? Where are they from? Huh? Middle Eastern, yes, that's good. That's good not to be mistaken, right? Not to make a mistake that, it, okay, Middle Eastern, or more specifically, probably, right? Israel, they are, then they probably are, they raises Jews. That's good. Number one, pretty easy, right? Second question, second question. I'm going to ask uh, all of you. What social class do they belong to? Easy, right? They are poor. One is poor, and the other one is? An American. <laughs> right? You should say amen, because you are, you are very, very blessed. I, I'm an American, too, even though I'm a South American. From head to toe, or from toe to, te- to head, whatever you, go, you want to call it. We are all Americans. If we come from the continent or the two continents, how you call it. Um, so we are blessed more than we think. Third question. How are they called? What, is, what are their names? The first name is, the first guy, his name is? No, the first guy. Rich, that's not a name. Rich man? If you're, a na- if you're rich, you have to know I mean, people have to know your name. If you're rich, like, for instance, Tobin Wilson, you have to know that name. Or if you're rich, like Alfredo Delgado, you have to know that name. How come a person so rich, like him, nobody knows his name? Okay, so the fathers of the church and other people tried to figure out how to solve that problem, so they came up with a name for the guy. And they call him dives or divas. Like diva? You know what that word means, right? Diva. Like Joanna, Joanna Velasco. Somebody famous. <laughs> right? Right? Somebody who is famous, is a great singer, a tenor. Somebody who knows, many, many people know this person, and this person sings amazingly. Right? He, originally, that was a diva. But he is dives. And his name is in Latin. They baptize him Dives, which means rich man. So they call him Dives or Dives. 
and Lazarus, which, is, which means my father's, uh, God is my helper, Lazarus, from Elie, Eliezer, Eliezer, or Eliezer. Okay, so the rich men and Lazarus, traditionally, like I said, they are known that way. Now, the fourth question is, what was their daily routine? What did they do for a living? The first guy, what was he doing? No, he, no that's not his job. That's, those are his possessions. He was rich. What was his everyday uh, lifestyle, lifestyle? What was he doing every day? Having a party every day, right? So his job, he was the master of ceremony every day, inviting people in because they need to have a party with him. That was his job. By the way, he didn't, he didn't take a break ever. He says every day. He was a Jew. He's supposed to rest on Saturdays. He never did. It was every day he had a party. And Lazarus was begging, right? He was a beggar, right? He was every day asking to be helped. All right. Next. How is... Brother dives, and I'm calling him brother because he's my brother. Is he your brother? I want to have a brother who is rich. <laughs> Do you? You can say, I'm already, I already have a rich brother and sister. They are Americans. Dog, right? So, Brother da- Dives, or Dives, was having a party, like we say, every day, and Lazarus was begging at his door every day. Now, how is Brother Dives called in the story? Look, if you pay attention, there are several Bible versions, and he is actually called by the writer, he's given two names, the rich man, but he also is given another name. When he's having this conversation with Abraham, he says, Father Abraham, and they have this conversation they were using probably uh, Skype or Zoom or something because they were far away and they were connected. Wow, they invented Facebook and all that and Messenger even before us. They were talking. They were far away, but they were talking, and they could see one another. It was like FaceTime, right? I, I, you're not following me today. <laughs> Anyways, so what happened? Abraham, can you do this for me? Can you please ask Brother Lazarus and for him to put his finger on the cold water and put his finger on my mouth? Now, wait, what? That guy was very ill. He was sick. And you will never touch, as a real Jew, you will never touch somebody like him. But you are too desperate that you will even... You even will go so far to embrace somebody who used to be sick. When, because when you are desperate, you can help yourself but to ask for help. And if you don't, then you will, be, you will continue to be desperate. Maybe. Anyway, so he's desperate. He's asking for help. And Father Abraham answers him in a way that humbles me, really. He doesn't say, hey, you man, rich, you rich man, dives. He doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, son. He says, son. In other, in, other, in other Bible versions, 
they say, child. Gosh, when I read that for the first time, and I really pay attention, that it says, child. Now, if you are in that particular place, you probably are without hope, without name, without anything, without any connection other than your torment, right? Right. And then, instead of him being, instead of him being told, you're, you, are not, you are not supposed to be talking to me or something like that, he's being called child or son. So that's the second name that he really has. He's a child. He's a son. Father Abraham acknowledged him as a son. Father Abraham knows he's in trouble. But still, Father Abraham, as a good father he is, he's always calling him son. I'm going to tell you, if you have behaved badly recently or in the past, or you're planning to do that in the future, let me tell you, God will still call you daughter and son. Because there is no way to break a relationship that has been connected by blood. Well, yes, he created us. So, and Paul says that by one blood, he made all creation, all human beings, by one blood, eh, which is Adam and Eve, right? But also by one blood, by the blood of Jesus Christ, he redeemed us. And so there is no way that God cannot call us children. You still with me? Okay, question number six. So what were, what were Dyle's main transgressions or sins, trespasses? What were his main transgressions? Oh, gosh. I need to practice more English, right? Um, so sins, shortcomings, what were those problems that he had? Greed, probably. The Bible doesn't say that. Probably love of money, we don't know. Ignoring Lazarus, possibly. What else? I mean, this is no, this no you're not going to be wrong or right. Say whatever you think. Selfishness, Selfishness probably. Pride. Hmm? Pride, maybe. I can't hear that. Partying. Don't party too much. Okay, so here. Let me just suggest at least one thing that probably all of you say in, with different names or with different, uh, different approaches. I believe, and I agree with William Barclay, or Barclay, however you call him, um, Brother Dyle's main transgressions probably were two. First of all, he violated the fourth commandment given by God through Moses without paying attention to it at all. He never took a Sabbath. He partied from Monday to Monday, and there was no pause. And a good Jew needed to stop on Friday 6 p.m., around 6 p.m., and go all the way through Saturday 6 p.m., and worship God and God only, and enjoy food and family, and not, do not travel too far away and just be there without doing anything other than worshiping 
thanking, having a good relationship with family, building relationship with family, friends, you name it. But Brother Dives never did that. He was always party. He was always busy. By the way, he was making other people violate the fourth commandment too. Because he was inviting all these many people, right? So look at what the Bible says, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, by keeping it holy. Keeping it, keeping it holy means consecrated, dedicated exclusively for God. Keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, not to yourself, to the Lord your God. On, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son, your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign, foreigner like me, so I shall rest on Saturdays, please. Residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, <clears throat> and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blesses, blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So, this is interesting. This, here's the deal. God is expecting you to work six days. Actually, he's mandating it. So there is a way to work six days. See, if, if you have just 20 hours a day, a week, just distribute it accordingly in six days, and you work. You'll fulfill the commandment. Are you following me? No, and I'm just saying that we don't pay attention to those details, but God is really commanding us and commanding them to really work only six days. And the seventh, rest and worship mightily. And what do we do? We say, well, you know, that was for those guys over there back then. They were Hebrews and all that. Well, maybe. But Brother Tithes never pay attention to that. And sometimes one wonders, why is that the case? Let's try to apply this to our lives. And here's a question for all of us. Are we living a life filled with more stress than we want or, or can handle, then let us, let us look into our Sabbath practices and work practices. According to the word of God, we need to work six days only and rest one. Are we working too much to the point that we don't have any day off? Then we are violating the fourth commandment without no regard to it. I'm not legalistic, by the way. The Christians, we believe, Historically, that is Sunday because that's the day of the resurrection of our Lord. And it's okay. That's perfect. But here's the thing. Even Sundays, we say that that's the Sabbath days. And what do we do on Sundays? Many things other than worship too. We worship from 10 to 11 or 11.30. But then what do we do with the rest of the day? That's okay. Just think about it. Because sometimes we are going through the motions and we don't think about our life, our, our journey, our calling, and brother dies never did. 
Okay, the other thing that I'd like to suggest to you that he got in trouble with was something that probably Tim mentioned, which is he decisively ignored Lazarus, his fellow Israelite, who was in trouble. He was really sick, and the only clothing that he had was his sores. Remember that? And by the way, the way, according to at least one writer that I, that I read, he said that, if you remember the way Dice was dressed up, purple and linen, those was the clothing for the high priests. That's kind of ironic over there. Because somebody who might have been a religious guy <laughs> is breaking the law anyways. But he was dressed in to, to such a level of fanciness that according to other people, those clothes that he had were extremely expensive. But every day he was doing that. So anyway, but he ignored Brother Lazarus. You know, when you see somebody who is in trouble, um, according to, to the text of Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11 says, when you, hap- when you happen to see someone who is in trouble like Lazarus was, or need help among your people with whom you live in the land of God, in the land that God has given you, don't look the other way, pretending you don't see him. Don't keep a tight grip on your purse. Don't look ahead, open your purse, lend whatever and as much as he needs. Don't count the, the cost. Don't listen to that selfish voice saying, it is almost the seventh year, the year of all debts are, where all debts are canceled, and turn aside and leave your needy neighbor in the, in the lurch, refusing to help him. He will call God's attention to you and your blatant sin, give, 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 give him freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessings in everything you do, all your work and ventures. There are always going, there, there is always, or there are going, there is always going to be poor and needy people among you. Let me repeat it for you. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you. So I command you, always be generous, open your open purse and hands, give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. That's the message, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 7 through 11. So here's the thing. That's something that a Jew has to follow. And Brother Dives never, ever occurred to him that he had to look at Lazarus and identify him as a brother, as a, a fellow Israelite, and asking, is there anything that I, that I can do for you? Never. But however, when he was in trouble, he was asking for Lazarus' help. This is fascinating because it seems to me that Brother Dives never realized that Lazarus was not just part of the landscape. 
He was not just another tree over there or another piece of wood or stone or something. He was not even a dog. And you know what? Some authors think about the doggies there in a particular different way that I think. I'm not an expert, but I'm going to dare to tell you what I think about that particular piece. My experience with dogs, my, at least my personal experience with dogs, is that they are amazingly good. They could be bad if you trigger them because they need to defend themselves. Do you agree with that? But you can tell me, well, why don't you train them? Yeah, you have to train them, but even if you train them, you can't, you, you can't take them so far only. It's a, it's, a, it's a creature, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a living thing that needs to, need to respond and be safe. But you see, they were licking his sores. And for me, that's very, very, very tender to me. Because somebody who is ignoring me amazingly, like the guy who has the power to change my life, he, he doesn't even look at me or realizes that I'm there. But a dog will lick on my sores. And for me, that is, even though if the dog didn't know what he was, what he was doing, it was healing somehow to know that somebody, even a dog, noticing, noticed him. For those of you who are dog lovers, I might, make, I might be making some points here, you know? Because you know, they are really faithful. I tell you, I had a dog, a female dog, that I inherited from my grandmother. She was so loyal, so faithful. And I remember she was about to die. And I didn't understand that she was about to die. And I kind of chased her away a little bit because I was busy. But she came to me. I was a little kid, by the way. Probably in Tommy's age or something like that. <laughs> and I was really young, you know. And she came to me and kind of moved her tail and was trying to tell me goodbye. And instead of me saying goodbye to her, I say, um, i see you later. In a very rude way. I was a kid, but I, that, you don't justify that anyways. When I saw her, she, lo- she lay down, boom, and just took her last breath. And I was like, why did she die? And I didn't realize that. That was very impre- impressive to me. What am I bringing this kind of story to you? Well, there is a dog. There are dogs here, here kind of telling us something. Dogs can talk. Have you ever talked to a dog, by the way? <laughs> I had. I had. And they have a way to respond. They say, give me food. No, they, they, they really respond to you in many ways. But that dog is telling us, and him, and everybody who, re- who reads the gospel, you have to be better than a dog, my friend. If a dog can be compassionate, how much more somebody who has been made at the image of God, or who has been redeemed by the, by the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We have to be better than that. However, the dog is also telling us, if you want, my friend, I can teach you how to be compassionate. Right? Because they don't have the bias that we have. Application, are we living 
an extravagant lifestyle where everything centers on me, myself, and I. Remember the movie? Me, myself, and I? Do you remember? That's with Jim Carrey. He's an American, by the way. He's American. He's American. Yeah, I got your attention now. Finally. Okay, so, um, so are we living an extravagant lifestyle where everything, everything centers on, my, on me, myself, and I, or on we, ourselves, and us? My church, our church. My children, our children. Well, let me tell you something. Good news, interesting news. Your children are not your children. They are God's children. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. They were given to you to behave. So you learn how to be a human being. And a better follower of Christ. Anyways, and then the other question is, are we living a life of luxury and total indifference, even with the means that we have? Maybe we, are, we don't have 20 millions in the bank, but probably we have 20,000 in the bank, or probably we have 2,000 in the bank, or probably $200 in the bank, or maybe $20, whatever. We have something. Are we living a life of luxury and total indifference when we see need and we think somebody else's job, not mine? Dice became the symbol of indolent, indolent, or indolent self-indulgence because he lived his life without noticing others, especially the poor. He didn't care a bit for anybody other than himself, apparently. I can take that back because he did care about his brothers, five brothers. He was begging for them to be taken care of. At least he cared for his family. But he was really centered around himself. William Barclay also affirms the scene of dies was that he never noticed Lazarus, that he accepted him as part of the landscape and simply thought, um, simply thought perfectly natural, natural and, 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 and he couldn't stop that, thinking that Lazarus should lie in pain and hunger while he wallowed in luxury. In other words, he was okay with that because he was rich and he, nobody to him. He made himself a rich man or somebody like his family gave him the money so he doesn't have to respond to nobody. However, What is trouble all about? What is the main point Jesus is making in this with this? this Is this parable about heaven and hell? Heaven for being poor and punishment in hell for being rich? Parable about the daily opportunities that we all have to live and behave like children of God and disciples of Jesus Christ according to God's word, Moses and the prophets' teachings, behaving like children of God or disciples of Christ, as is implied in this story, is behaving like someone who intentionally sees each person 
who, whom he or she encounters or, ha- or find himself around as family, especially those who are most vulnerable among us, sisters and brothers for whom we will go to the moon and back that they can, so that they can live a life filled with the abundant generosity of God. By the way, brother, by the way, talking about the law and the prophet's teachings, Moses told this realized the following. There must, listen to this carefully, there must be no, that's kind of difficult for me to say, by the way, there, there must be no poor people among you. Wow. Why? Because God is going to bless you lavishly in this land that God, your God, has given you as an inheritance your very own land. But only if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, diligently, observing every commandment that I command you today, oh yes, God, your God, will bless you just as he promised. You will lend to many nations, but won't borrow from any. You will rule over, but none will be ruled over you. So, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 4 and 6 says, the plan of God for the Israelite was not to have any poor person because he was already blessing amazingly. However, it was their duty to make sure that they would share what they got. Everybody will be blessed. That's exactly what it says. But brother dies, didn't agree with that, so he lived a life with no regard to nobody other than himself, and especially with no regard to the poor. I hope God can help us, and I pray that the Lord will help us to live a life that pay attention to what is going on around us and don't excuse ourselves to think that God is not looking and he doesn't care sometimes. No, he always cares. He always pay attention. He always wants us to pay attention. We can't solve the, the problems of the whole or California, Southern California, Orange County, Placentia. No, we can't. But we can do one part. And that part is avoid ignoring those who God is looking at. Is that, is that okay? You know what? I asked somebody this morning. I was talking with some seniors of the church and I asked them, why are you always happy when, when I see you? You know what the answer was? I will tell you next Sunday. <laughs> no, seriously, the answer was, because I'm in the, ha- in, the ha- in, the, in, the, in the house of God. Well, I, I say it this way. They say, because I'm here. And you know what happened at PPC? At PPC, you matter, my friend. At PPC, you have a, there is room for you. At PPC, we care for you. Not only the pastors and the deacons and the elders, everybody cares. And I want to tell you, Placentia is more churches that care for the whole community, not only for their own survival, like Placentia, by the grace of God, is trying to do. So please stand up and let's pray. And we're going to be praying by singing. So we're going to be singing and we're going to be praying. Okay? Thank you.